Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. What, a, what a wonderful, wonderful song. I asked them to sing that song uh, because I knew, of course, where I was going uh, this morning uh, in the Word of God. Thank you so much, praise team. It is so good. I said it earlier, it is so good uh, to be back. And we got a little bit more here this week uh, than last week. I'm sure next week uh, some others will venture out. But it is so good uh, to see each and every one of you. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And as you can see on the screen, I want to preach a message entitled, Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Uh, in the mid to late 80s, there was a guy named uh, Martin uh, something, and he began to write and illustrate some books. He would draw dozens and dozens of characters uh, doing hilarious things, and then he would put on those pages, he would put one character named Waldo. And he had a red and white striped shirt. He had glasses and a bobble hat. And you were to find, you were to search for Waldo. Where's Waldo? Several weeks ago, my daughter-in-law, Leah, sent us a, a video of my youngest grandchild, Emery Lane, and on that video, they were looking through a book um, on Elmo. And on every page, there was a picture of Elmo. And so as they would turn the page, uh, Leah would say, Emery, where's Elmo? And on every page, listen carefully, on every page, uh, she knew exactly where Elmo was. You know why? Because she's a genius. That's why, amen? She's a genius. And so she knew where Elmo was. This morning, we are going to go on a search. Uh, we're not going to look for Elmo. We're not going to look for Waldo. We are about to crash a party. And there is an incredible, impressive guest list that we're going to see. And what I want you to do this morning, what I want you to do this morning is this. As we are reading this, and as we are walking through this story in the New Testament, I want you to pick out who you are. I really, this morning, want you to search for yourself. I've been doing that all week. And I tell you, this, this, this passage, this scripture has gotten a hold of your pastor's heart. And I want to be broken and spilled out for King Jesus. I really do. So take your Bible and let's look at John chapter 12. I want to encourage you to open your Bible, but more than that even, to open your heart as you open your Bible. Look at what the Bible says beginning in verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound 
of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Then he said, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, now listen to this, Jesus said, leave her alone. Say that together, leave her alone. If Jesus tells you to leave somebody alone, you better leave them alone. Amen? Jesus looked at Judas and said, leave her alone. Hush, Judas. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Because on account of him, listen, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you so much that we can be here today and that we can look in your word. God, I pray that you would help us to see truth. Father, I pray this morning for clarity of thought. I pray this morning for excellent recall of the things that I've studied, those things that I have bathed in prayer this week. Father, I pray, God, from the bottom of my heart, I pray that you would draw a circle around this preacher and let the fire of heaven fall. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's look who's coming to dinner. When you look at this passage of Scripture, it says in verse 1, Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. When you look at that word, then, it sort of gives us some context of what's going on. We're not going to look, but one verse prior to that, the very last verse of chapter 11, the chief priests and um, the Pharisees issue an arrest warrant for Jesus. And so Jesus leaves where he is near Jerusalem, and he heads toward Bethany. It's interesting when you look at John, when you look at the Gospel of John, that he spends the first half of the book dealing with the miracles of Jesus and the journey of Jesus, really the first uh, three years of the life of Jesus. But when you get to John 12, the next half, the rest of the book, listen, it deals with the last week in the earthly life of Christ. And so there's a lot of detail here. It says that six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was. Now notice this. It, it, usually always after he was raised from the dead, there was always a comma. Look, 
where Lazarus was who had been dead, comma, whom he had raised from the dead. I think that was his new Facebook status. Amen? I mean, it's always like that. Whom he had raised from the dead. Now, what I want you to do is jot down or just remember there are four different groups that I see here. First of all, I see some changed lives. I see some changed lives. It mentions here that Lazarus is there. But when you look at Matthew's gospel, when you look at Mark's gospel, we find out that this is in the home of Simon the leper. Now, he had to have been healed because there could not have been a party in his house if he had had leprosy. And so Jesus surely had healed him. And so when you think about what's going on, uh, Simon is at the table. Lazarus is at the table. Can you imagine, church, just come here, come here for just a second. Can you imagine, can you imagine the dinner conversation? Can you imagine Simon said, boy, you would not believe my life. I was an outcast. I could not get around anyone. If anyone came close, I would have to say, unclean, unclean. I was thrown out of everywhere. My family had left and my friends had left. And he began to tell his story. And he said, listen, I'm not a leper any longer. I'm an ex-leper. Amen? Can you imagine that? And then, I just, I love to think about old Lazarus. He's sitting there and he couldn't wait until Simon got through. You think you got a story, Simon? Hey, listen, I was, I was dead as a hammer for four days and I stinketh. And then Jesus walked up to the mouth of a tomb and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And I walked out of that grave. You think you, hey, you're an ex-leper, I'm ex-dead, amen? I'm ex-dead. Can you imagine what's going on there in the dinner conversation? You see, Simon, it was at his house, and then Lazarus was there. The table was a long table, and it was a short table. They would recline on pillows. Back in that day, dinner wasn't a quick thing. It took time, and and there was a lot of talk and a lot of food and they had a great time. And so these two men were there. But then the Bible says in verse 2, notice what it says here in verse 2. There they made him a supper. I love that. Jesus was the guest of honor. And can I tell you something this morning? Right here in this church house, Jesus is the guest of honor. That's why we're here. We are focused on King Jesus. He is the guest of honor. They are throwing a party, a feast, a dinner, a supper for him. And it says there, they made him a supper. Notice this, and Martha, what's that word there? Served. Now that doesn't, uh, that, that's no surprise, right? I mean, that was the life of Martha. Martha served. But I see a little something different here. Uh, Martha's not complaining while she's serving. 
She's not pointing out what Mary is doing or what Mary is not doing. It just simply says Martha served. Martha is sort of the, uh, she's a cross between Betty Crocker and Rachel Ray, I think. And she's always cooking. She's always serving. But right now, I think, listen, right now I think she's humming as she's making the hummus. Amen? She is having the time of her life. You see, what's going on around this table? There's some changed lives. There's some changed lives. Simon is an ex-leper. He's been healed. He's been touched. Lazarus is ex-dead. He's been raised. Martha, her life has been so radically changed that now she is, she's, she's serving with a smile. She knows what, what God wants her to do. She knows how to serve the king. And then it goes on there. Lazarus, he was one who sat at the table with him. Then Mary, notice this, Mary took a pound of very costly oil. Listen, she was the original essential oil lady. Uh, (laughs) She takes a pound of this stuff. Now that's a, a Roman standard. And... About 11 and a half ounces or 12 ounces. A pound in America is 16 ounces, but in Rome it would have been about it would have been about the size of a Coke can. It says that it's very costly. Uh, we know from history that, that this stuff was found in the Himalayas. It was found in India and China. It was brought to Bethany, it was brought to Jerusalem uh, on the back of camels. And so because it it was uh, transported so far and imported from so far, uh, it was very costly. It was very costly and it was a spikenard and and she anointed the feet of Jesus. And so this is what I want you to see, church. Listen, this oil, this perfume was a costly gift. We would say it was extravagant. It was lavish. It was over the top. This week, honestly, this week on my back deck, as I sat on my deck and as I, as I had my Bible and as I looked out at my backyard there, I just began to ask myself a question. Do I love King Jesus that much? She takes something that is so costly. And notice what it says. She anointed the feet of Jesus. Now the other synoptic gospels says this. That she anointed his head in Mark's gospel, Mark 14. In Matthew 26, it says that Jesus said, she anointed my body. And so you say, Brother T, which was it? Feet? Head or body? Yes. Amen? She anointed him from head to toe. She took that oil and and she poured it on his head and it went down on his body all the way to his feet. The Bible says in Matthew or Mark that, that it was in an alabaster flask, a jar. And she broke that thing. She wasn't going to save any of this stuff. She's going to pour it all out. For the king, she was going to pour it all out for Jesus. And she does that. And then notice this. She wiped his feet with her hair. 
So this is what I want you to understand, church. Not only was it costly, but what she just did in that day was disgraceful. In that day, for a woman to take her hair down, except her in the presence privately of her husband, was immodest. It was radical. It was scandalous. It was shocking. And so she is on her knees at the feet of Jesus, and she is wiping His feet with her hair. You know what that says to me? Church, you know what that says to me? She did not care what other people thought. I want you to let that sink in just for a moment. She did not care what other people thought. What she did was this. She was overwhelmed at the presence of Jesus. And, and what happened is, because she was overwhelmed at the presence of Jesus, she worshipped with no hesitation. She poured this out on Christ. And again this week, I'm just being transparent before you, again this week, church, this thing got all, all over my heart. Let me tell you why. Last Sunday, our first Sunday back, Phil mentioned that in the weeks when you were not here, it was just the praise team, it was just me, that I would stand and, and as they were singing, I would stand with my hands up and, and unrestrained worship, really. And then all of a sudden, folks gathered. And I more stayed seated. And this week, whoo, God began to get all over my heart. Mary did not care. She was broken and spilled out for King Jesus. She, I don't, listen, here's how Baptists raise their hand. Right? That's about what we do right there. Mary, that was not her heart. She was broken and spilled out. And this is what I love. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. Listen, I, when you worship the king, there is a pleasant fragrance. And as I thought and as I prayed, when you leave the house, that fragrance lingers and people can tell that you've been with Jesus. So, when you look, it's filled with a fragrance, but then we meet someone else. Because not only, listen church, not only are there changed lives around this table, but Judas, the house is filled with fragrance. Judas begins to stink it up. Because greed stinks. And I want you to notice how, in verse 4, I want you to notice how John describes him. But one of his disciples, comma, Judas Iscariot, comma, Simon's son, comma, who would betray him? There's no doubt who he's talking about, right? He gave his social security number. Uh, he gave his driver's license, a picture ID, and his library card. Amen? I'm talking about Judas. There's no doubt 
that he's talking about Judas. Can you imagine? Listen, when Mary did what Mary did, church, there was a stunned silence in the room. There was a stunned silence. Everyone that was there, they were just watching. But then there was a horrible interruption. We go from one extreme to the other. Because Judas, listen, he is a charlatan. There are changed lives around the table. But there's also a charlatan. Someone who is clever. Someone who is a fraud. Someone who is hypocritical. Someone who is a phony. Someone who is a poser. If we're not careful, we'll all have a little bit of that in us. Can I tell you something and you won't judge me? If, if you won't judge me, say like that, go like that. Facebook, like that. If you won't, ju- this week, I ran to Barnes and Noble over at Hamilton Place Mall, and I, I was on a timeline as usual. I was in a hurry as usual, and and so I went at ten o'clock, uh, and I got there a little early, and so I walked up, and I, I got to the door, and it said that Barnes and Noble opens at eleven. I said, oh, my soul, I'm in a hurry. But then I noticed that it said, but it's open from 10 until 11 for senior adults. So I walked back to my car, and I get in my car, and I got to thinking about that. So I Googled Barnes & Noble, and I called them, and, and I said, hey, I'm out in the parking lot, and I noticed that you're open from 10 to 11, for senior adults. I said, what's the age requirement of that? And this little guy said, well, we really don't have one. How old are you, sir? This, honestly, this is what I, this is what I did. I went, 56. As pitiful as I could say it. 56. He said, sir, come on in. As I was walking to Barnes & Noble, I thought, you phony. When you're at McDonald's and they try to give you a senior discount for coffee, it makes you mad. But now you're going to take advantage of this. And I found myself even walking sort of like this a little bit. And I walked in there and I got my book. And we all got a little bit of that in us, don't you? Don't look at me so spiritual. You do too. Here he is. Judas is, is a charlatan. You say, how good was he? He carried the money box, for crying out loud. He carried the money box. Notice what the Bible says here in verse 5. Why was, this is his his question. Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Stop right there. Boy, that sounds pretty good right there actually, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, it sounds pretty good. I I believe this would have passed at a business meeting. I really do. Because it makes sense. Uh, I mean, he's clever. But then John turns into Paul Harvey. Some of you that are a little younger, you need to Google that guy. 
Here's the rest of the story. Look at verse 6. This he said, Paul Harvey, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box, and what did he do? He used to take what was put in it. He would pilfer from the money box. Isn't that sad? He was a charlatan. When you look at at what's taking place, we, we see how sad that is. And so Jesus addresses it. And I love verse 7. Jesus does it. Jesus said, let her alone. Say that with me again. Let her alone. Let her alone. In other words, listen, I'm, I'm maybe reading this into it a little bit. Judas, you're dead as a hammer spiritually. Leave her alone. Judas, you wouldn't know God if you met him in a 10-acre field. Leave her alone. Don't thwart her graciousness. Don't get in the way of her amazement. Don't get in the way of her joy. Don't get in the way of her wonder. She knows who I am. That's why she is broken and spilled out for me. Leave her alone. She's kept this for the day of my burial. She knows more. She understands more than you understand. Church, around this table, around this table we see changed lives. Around this table we see a charlatan the other gospel tells us this, tells us this, that the other disciples got involved as well. It says they criticized her sharply. So I believe Judas was an influencer on the other disciples. Notice what the Bible says in verse 8. For the poor you have with you always. Hey Judas, but me you do not always have. You see, Jesus was not putting the poor down. This is what he was saying. You really, if, 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 if it was really in your heart to take care of the poor, you can do that every day for the rest of your life. We ought to take care of those in need. Let me say that again. We ought to take care of those in need. But Jesus was making a point. Your heart is, is wicked, Judas. You don't care about the poor at all. You care about money. You have the stench of greed on your heart. He was a charlatan. Very quickly, there's a third group, and that is this. Those who are just curious. Notice what the Bible says in verse 9. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there and they came. But notice this, not just for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom... Here it is again, whom he had raised from the dead. Just a a, a group, a curious group. And that's okay to be curious. There are those here maybe even this morning. There are definitely those that are watching on Facebook Live. And they're basically kicking the tires of Christianity right now. They're just curious. Lazarus, he was the most famous citizen of Bethany. Everybody had heard about him. 
Everybody had heard about Jesus. And so there's a group, they came just, listen, they came just to see what was going on. And then there's a final group. And that group is this. There are those who are just cruel and cold-hearted. This week, <laughs> this week I was responding on Facebook. We prayed for her last Sunday, a friend of mine, Martha Barnes. She's 88 years old and she was in the hospital. And on Facebook, this week, she, she put on a status update, Praise the Lord, I'm getting out of here. And so I wrote, I'm glad you're going home! Exclamation point, and I capitalized home. I'm so proud of myself. I responded. So busy, but I responded. I was one of the ones that responded. About 30 minutes later, I was just sort of looking back through, and Facebook had auto-corrected it. Uh-huh. And it said, I'm glad you are gone. That's what it said. Gone. G-O-N-E. Glad you're gone. You have never seen a preacher type as fast as I typed. I said, autocorrect, I meant home, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. And she, thankfully, she said, I needed a good laugh. She sure got one. I needed a good laugh. I didn't mean to be cruel. I really didn't. It was autocorrect. <laughs> that gets me in trouble sometimes. Hey, but listen. As I was thinking, there are people in this world who are just cruel. They'd write that just for meanness. There are people who are just cold-hearted. They are around that table. I want you to notice what it says there. Uh, the Bible says in verse 10, But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Verse 11. Why? Because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. These people were just cold-hearted. Go back to verse 10 because this, this sort of tickles me. Look at verse 10 again. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. How'd that, go the, how'd that go the first time he died, huh? Here was their great plan. They were going to put him to death again. They're, they're just cold-hearted, cruel people in this world. And so this week, I, I've, I've, I have walked through this passage in my heart all week long. And, and I want you to ask the question that I ask myself. Where are you around this table? Have, honestly, has your life been changed by the power of Jesus? Simon was cleansed by Jesus. Lazarus was raised by Jesus. Martha's heart was one of serving and Mary's heart was one of worship. Here you are this morning. Is that your heart today? 
Or are you truly sitting here and there's a heart of being a, a hypocrite, a, a charlatan? Or maybe you're just curious this morning, or maybe you've snuck in here and you've just got a cold, cruel heart. Where do you find yourself? Around the table. Can I tell you something, church? Listen. When you look at this passage of Scripture, and you understand that our theme this year is loving God and loving others. That's our theme. It's not by accident. It's our theme. And let me tell you why it's so easy to love God. It's around about the sixth word in our text. Look at verse 1 again. Now six days before the Passover. Six days before the Passover. This was the third time that John's gospel mentions the Passover. You know what the Passover is? It's celebrated because the death angel passed over there in Egypt when the blood was on the doorpost. And what is so amazing and what John is pointing out is this. Jesus is the Passover lamb. In six days, the Passover lamb the lamb without blemish is going to die on the cross of Calvary. And when you think of, of what Jesus did on the cross, listen, it's so easy to say, I love you, King Jesus. And what that will do in our heart is that it passes through. And we want to love others as well. How much should we love Jesus? Do you have that picture, darling? I want you to see this picture. Can you see that? That's my two granddaughters. I want you to see that, that headlock. Did <laughs> you see that headlock that Avery Cates putting on Emory Lane? It's like, I love you so much that I'm going to choke you to death. <laughs> Look at that. That's how much we ought to love Jesus. Unrestrained, with no hesitation. And when we do, the love of Jesus will flow through, will flow through us to others. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. We're gonna just have a time of decision this morning. My prayer is that while you have been seated on a pew that you have found yourself around the table Simon's house. And if you're anything but a changed life that this morning this morning in your heart you'll make a decision that would change your forever. Or maybe you're here and your worship is hesitant. God's gotten a hold of you. Maybe this morning 
you know that you're walking, as Johnny Hunt would say, at a guilty distance from Jesus. Why don't this morning you make a decision that will change you forever? Let's stand together and I'm going to pray. We're going to continue just to um, close like this for another week or so. If you have any decision on your heart, I'll be down front. I'll be glad to talk to you. I'll be thrilled to talk to you. I'm going to pray. You make the decision in your heart, come and see me. And then I pray that I'll see you next Sunday. If you have your giving, we have our plates right here and on the sides there, I think, as well, and back there. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we bow before you. And God, I just pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts this morning in a very real way. Father, help us to find ourselves around this table. And I pray, God, that when we do, that if there are any adjustments that need to be made this morning, that they'll be made. We love you. We thank you that you gave your life, King Jesus, on the cross for us. And because of your love, you help us to love. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. As you leave, give each other an air high five, okay? An air high five. See you next week.